You are now listening to Double Jump Radio. G'day everyone and welcome to another episode of Double Jump Radio. I'm your host, Abia, and I'm joined once again by my co-host, John. John, how are you, my friend? I'm pretty good. Been playing a lot of games, which is, again, abnormal for this podcast. Um, yeah, pretty good. How about you? Yeah, I've been good. I've uh, had my wedding reception over the weekend, so that's why we haven't been able to record over the past, uh, past couple of weeks, so... Apologies to folks at home. Uh, it, it was a lot of fun though, so uh, I'm really happy that we finally got to celebrate. Lots of great company, lots of great food, lots of lots of fun and dancing, and yeah. And uh, Jake, our editor in chief, uh, who's uh, my best friend, he's uh, he he did a speech and it, w- it was a bit of a hit. So uh, yeah, no, it was it was okay. a lot of fun. It was it was great to you know, after the last couple of years that we've had and to to actually celebrate and you know. Just have a have a night where you don't have to worry about anything. That was that was really really um I think needed. How about yourself? How has everything been? Um, I know just work really <laughs> very tiring. <laughs> Lots of outside work. That's probably that that sums it up. I think. Mm. Um, yeah. Otherwise, I'm excited to talk about a bit of wrestling, a bit <laughs> of games, and um, oh yeah, Obi Wan. Yeah, a lot of that probably. We're probably gonna have a lot. Let's be honest. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah, that's yeah, that's about it. Ah, no, no, definitely. It's 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 gonna be um, it's gonna it might end up being a bumper of a show. So without further ado, let's uh let's move on to the first uh topic uh which was which is the uh, articles that went up on Double Jump over the past week. First up, we had Lucas's uh latest entry in his infinity faction focus series uh this time he's uh written about the military orders which uh it's uh sp- the this game's version of the space marines from warhammer 40,000 uh I'd, I'd say that that's the way he's explained it i think that's the way i've gotten the gist of it what, is that right have i got it right john well i mean that's my understanding of it. Yeah, <laughs> it's like very like religious motivated faction sectorial. I think mm, mm. Um, in this in infinity, and yeah, like another breakdown of like units and like unit compositions that you can try if you want to get into the game and mm. so on and so forth. Definitely a lot in there, and and yeah, like I guess like the the Space Marines from Warhammer Forty K, they they always seem like they were based on the Knights Templar from like. You know, from not from Assassin. I mean, probably the same source material, like the actual Knights Templar, who I guess rep- fought on behalf of the Catholic Church. You know, during the previous millennium. So it's 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 cool to see that this is like another take on it because I think the the Space Marines are pretty well known and they're they're notoriously pretty similar looking. Like they all wear the kind of like oversized diving like old school diving suit type armor and they're all like nine feet or something ridiculous um and so it's great to see that this has got a little bit more variety in the designs yeah it's like um i think with infinity it's probably less scary than 40k's version because <laughs> as i understand every time i learn a bit about 40k it's like everything is bleak and horrible oh that world and sucks. also kind of like yeah, yeah. <laughs> and especially the marines it's like <laughs> 
I don't know. I think Infinity is probably more of a pastiche of like anime, manga stuff, mm. and all the genre stuff you're probably a fan of if you're into tabletop games in any sense. So, yeah. So, another deep dive of six, I think we've got in the. I think there's two more left from Lucas. Mm. He's put a lot of work into all these. So, yeah, got more, more to come as well. <laughs> Nah, definitely, and we're we're excited. I, I always love um reading about what this world because it's it's fascinating. I I wish I had more um experience with tabletop games. Maybe I will. Maybe I will very soon. Yeah, I feel like I barely even have like literal table space for how big these things. Because I like I've yeah. been finding photos because like I edited these, and part of that was getting a number of photos. Mm. Like uh, Lucas got most of them, but. I was like filling the gaps and part of it is like looking up actual infinity tabletop games. And so like, yeah. it's like so much going on. Like there's so much there. It's like, you have all the, you know, actual like, you know, all these like kind of paper craft buildings yeah. or it's like cardboard or I don't know. I can't yeah. tell how, like whether these people are just dumping way too much money into it or if this is like an average session <laughs> or tabletop. To I can't tell. <laughs> like, I, mean, cause I don't know. <laughs> everyone presents their best foot forward when it comes to social media and online. So it's hard to yeah, tell. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> That's, uh, I don't know. Well, well, why don't we, why don't we uh, move on to uh, the other article that went up of this past week? And that was your, your article about Will Osprey, who's from the, okay. He, he was in New Japan, or he is? He is. He is yeah. in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Okay. As far as I can tell, this guy looks like some sort of, like he's like the Wonder Kid or whatever, in Wonder Kid in this, in this kind of storyline. Is that, can, can you tell us a little bit more about why he's a human cheat code? Yeah, so his, um, yeah, go read it because I'm proud of this one. Yeah. And it will take. A, I don't want to explain all of it, but it's like um, basically... Will Ospreay was like a fast, oh, it's like, what's the word? High speed. That's kind of like a term. Well, as far as I know, that's kind of a term in wrestling for wrestlers who are like, it's kind of like Lucha Libre, except you're not necessarily jumping. Mm -hmm. You're just really fast and precise about it, okay. which is a bit, you know, a skill in its own very, right. Very anyway, he was like a, yeah. So he was like a high speed, like high flyer type. So like, like Lucha, like, like Lucha, but a little more ground based. Mm. Anyway, in the last couple of years, he's kind of completely evolved his style and character so now he's like now he's technically a heavyweight which means he hits you more like a lot more strikes a <laughs> lot like still like stays on, on the mat more yeah he doesn't go you know does the high flying moves and he's basically got this entire gimmick that's kind of transformed him from sort of like this kind of young up-and-comer daredevil into like this like really petty spiteful kind of Oh, what's the word Heel? for it? Is that what they call it? No. Oh, yeah, that's that best sums it up, actually. <laughs> yeah, so he's gone from a face to a heel. After, like, he's been a face forever because that's kind of how he was, you know? Like, that's when you're a performer like that, you're not really a heel usually. Yeah. But now he's kind of evolved into something where he's, like, got all the speed and agility and, like, st stupid, fast, like, you know, ability to just dodge everything out of nowhere. And he's been able to, like, mix that in with, like, really really hard hitting chops and mm. strikes and he's basically got like everything all at once in a way that's like very effective in a wrestling match it's like you know it's like it's like he has like the exact power of anyone else in the his weight class 
and then also the speed of someone below him, his weight class, which just feels unfair. <laughs> yeah. And the character kind of Sounds plays into like it. it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's um, good that he 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 leans into the like his physical advantages. Yeah, and then there's like the well, I see my reading of it is like he's got this whole new gimmick that feels like oh not you it's been a couple of years, but he's um he's got a gimmick that's very like that kind of riffs on colonialism and like those kind of personalities and structures and I go into it a bit more in mm. in some detail, but it's yeah. oh no everything about it is like so satisfying <laughs> and yeah. yeah and like it's interesting yeah and it's like I feel like I like I like wrestling a lot and there's lots to um you know compliment and appreciate but I feel like this is like it's one of those things where it's like man how's everything fit together this well that's so <laughs> satisfying <laughs> but um yeah anyway dude, I think that's enough that sounds so cool no dude that sounds so cool and that's why i love it i love the um i love the fact that there's like someone in there who's gone from being a good guy to essentially like a bad guy but kept all the good guy qualities because I, I you always well i always associated bad guys as being big and like just being more brutes and and relying purely on strength and intimidation rather than speed and technique, so uh, like even for someone who's very casual and doesn't know much about wrestling, it, it it seems like it's a cool cool take on the formula, so to speak. So nah, well done, man. Yeah, like yeah, when people uh, oh yeah, just sorry, just to kind Over of it. <laughs> sum up it. It's like when people switch from face to heel and vice versa. It's like usually they don't really change their style that much. Usually they're more just like vicious or just like they just do heelish things like getting them out of the ring and hitting them with you know they're just like they play dirty basically and this is like as someone who hasn't who's only been wrestling or following wrestling for a few years so i'm not you know a historian at all it's like this is the first time i've seen someone have a gimmick change like a you know character change along with a style change because he wrestles like a completely different style in ring like i feel like that's very rare (laughs) Like I, I think so. I'm not sure, but I haven't heard of it before. But uh, yeah, uh, yeah, just a, a, a segue, I, I guess. I, I love, I love when you talk like that. It's, it's, it's so much fun because, because it, it's like you can, you can hear the passion. Yeah, <laughs> so I think I kind of like run out of steam as it's like, oh, this doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so hopefully I'll write about wrestling sometime soon. I think I have like a lot of stuff that's kind of half finished, so mm. we'll see if we get like a flood of it in the next few months. <laughs> see how fast I can get it out. Uh, yeah. Um... Ah. Sorry, my Discord just hates me and wants me to die. My bad. <laughs> ah, dude, thanks so much, man. Let's... um. Let's uh, let's move on to the news because we've got we've got quite a quite a few things to catch up on. So I think it'll be a great chance to talk about the news. So this first piece of news comes from the folks over at Rock Paper Shotgun, and and <coughs> obviously there's been a lot of reporting around this over the past week because. Uh, there's no there's no way that there's no nice way of putting this um the the board how should i put this um so bobby kotick 
the very criticized, much maligned CEO of Activision Blizzard, who has seemingly cultivated or allowed to cultivate a cult a very toxic workplace culture at Activision Blizzard, um, which it comprises uh, both Activision and Blizzard Entertainment has been re-elected to the board of directors for another year and this was um this was done in the recent shareholder annual shareholder meeting um i guess uh the the thing the caveat there is that um the company has said that it will quote carefully consider end quote um whether it'll go ahead with a proposed report um <coughs> uh uh, into the the allegations and some of the toxic workplace culture practices uh, after two-thirds of the the shareholders that attended the meeting voted um, uh, to approve uh, this to, to move forward with this report um, so the the reason why Activision Blizzard has the authority to not go ahead is because this vote was non-binding so it's more a suggestion rather than like an actual kind of rule or dictation um, the board of directors surprisingly uh, said, "Hey, don't go ahead with this suggestion. Don't, don't, don't investigate us. That's not good." Um, uh, let's see. I'm, I'm just. I was. I'm. I'm actually very surprised, because I thought companies like this usually try to like get rid of the dead. Usually try to get rid of the person who's been causing them a lot of strife, and and. S- distance themselves but it seems like the opposite complete opposite is happening here it's like a weird show of faith uh john what did, what, did, what did you want to say sorry i cut you off oh i was just going to say that for last part about um that the board of directors hadn't said to like advise the shareholders not to vote for that report mm. or like not to approve it i think it's like why would you even bother it's like you, they don't have to follow it if it's like if i don't know it's just like if you're gonna be fully cynic- cynical about it, I don't know why that would even go that far. Yeah. But um, yeah. Um, otherwise, I don't know I wasn't too surprised. Like I, I didn't, I don't think I heard about it for a little while, and then when I did, it's like, oh, that makes sense. Because it's like, I think the directors have made it very clear they only really care about money. the profits. And he's done like, a good job. Other... He's done a very yeah, good exactly. job making the money. It's like he's... It's like, you know, he's been doing it for two decades or whatever of like yep. increasingly getting more and more money. And then, and that's all they really care about. Mm-hmm. And the culture issues aren't enough to tank the overall, you know, factory yep. that he's constructed. Or well, I'm not sure if, how much of, I imagine he's had a big role in creating oh, no, every act. When he came in, he definitely said, I want to make it into like a production line. So. Right. He's he's pretty much kind of created that that fight. Yes. Um, yeah. So it's yeah. like in that sense, it's like I was very unsurprised that he was still there. I think I mean it sucks, but it's not um I don't know. It's it's disappointing, obviously. Mm, very disappointing. Mm. I would have been very surprised if he was out, might be a better way to say it. Yeah, gotcha. Especially because yeah. like a lot of the board members are very you know, work very closely with him. <laughs> so yeah right. That's yeah. a. It's very hard. I mean, they they kind of, yeah. Maybe they kind of felt like they had to support him, like they felt obligated to support him and and fight against this like suggestion of investigating with that report. So, yeah, it, it's yeah maybe it's like office yeah. politics in a way, weird way. 
Um, but I guess lastly, to add to this, Jessica Gonzalez, so one of the founders of um, the Activision Blizzard and King uh, employee advocacy group, not quite a union, but it's more like a voice for workers at those companies, um, um, and it's called A Better ABK. Uh, she actually tweeted that <coughs> um, even though this proposed report is a, has uh, is like non-binding, the she said that quote the employees will hold them to it unquote, which means that I guess if Activision Blizzard's board doesn't go ahead with this report, then we're going to hear about it. There's going to be a lot of vocal op- like opposition um, from employees, well, hopefully from employees to, to make it happen. Yeah, it's... I don't know. I, like, I, I hope they can have impact. I'm not actually... I don't know. I guess that's it, really. Yeah. Like, I'm not, I have no idea how much of an impact they can have. I hope it's a big one. Mate. But considering this news, it feels like, mm. you know, they have an uphill struggle. Yeah, because like the, at like, best, if I if I were Microsoft, I think one way I could garner some positive press from all this would be to say we're going to do it. You know, we're mm. going to commission this report. I think yeah, that'll help a lot. Mm. I think the fact that they're like actively saying we don't want to do it really says a bit about just how. Yeah. rooted the in of gold product and the overall culture is where it's like <laughs> we know we don't have to do anything we know yeah. we're gonna make more money than god i like every year so it's like why why even bother and plus i guess they're just kind of keeping it going until microsoft do whatever they want to mm-hmm. with activism and they're like i don't know maybe they just kind of want to keep everything yeah that's actually probably a big part of it now that i think about it it's like they don't want to it's like part of Microsoft's acquisition of Activision is kind of based on the idea that it, the company remains the same, more or less, until it's ac- acquired. officially acquired. Yeah. yeah. So I wonder if that, I mean, no, I'm sure they'll do it anyway, but it's, um, yeah, I do wonder yeah. if that to it at all. Who knows, maybe potentially if this report's get commissioned, findings that coming out, <clears throat> the share price tanks further devalues the company maybe it means they get less in their coffers so you know there's always there's always a monetary reason for decisions like this let's be honest yeah it's yeah Mm. well uh moving from one from one shit show to another uh john do you want to take this next story about uh gaming companies coming out against the road sorry roe versus wade uh decision in america yeah, so I know I don't think I'm gonna try and explain the actual event itself. Basically, the like long-standing. I think it's been 50 years. Yeah, it was a 70s. long-standing constitutional amendment or precedent. I'm not actually sure exactly what it was, mm. but um, anyway, the law that protected access to abortion in the U.S. was overturned by the U.S. Supreme Court. That's currently kind of stacked on the conservative side, which mm. is what let this happen. That was overturned earlier this week. Um, several game companies have come out in, I guess, opposition to this news, to this, you know, happening um, throughout, like, pretty much immediately. Yeah. As I understand, like, it was not very... Dude, it was, like, hours. Like, not even. I feel like these 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 Republican states were just like, kind of just waiting. 
Yeah, because they were like literally waiting because they had stuff legally enshrined already, which meant once Roe versus Wade was overturned, it just like snapped abortion access, like, you know, locked it in place. Like you can't get abortions anymore in that as soon as it happened. Anyway, it's I forgot my point. It's, it's just a lot of a lot of stuff happened very quickly, I think, as soon as that um decision came out. Anyway, to kind of this will be kind of a long list. I'm not sure how many to go actually go through. Um, but some of them but a number of game developers have kind of come out with statements. It's mostly statements, some of them kind of promising promising actual action alongside it. So first was Bungie. Um, seemingly the first of all these companies. Um, they updated a, mace, a statement they made in May, and they um, committed to a, quote, travel imbursement fund, which um, kind of allows their employees and their dependents to, um, like, gives them the money to travel to states that will allow them the health care they need if the current state they live in doesn't. Um, at as part of their statement, they said, quote, we remain undeterred in our commitment to stand up for reproductive choice and liberty. So, yeah, I think Bungie kind of set a high bar as I think they've kind of been getting into a habit of it lately. Yeah. Like Bungie's been very involved in social justice issues for a long time and has been, you know, doing a lot of things like in-game and with streams and everything, uh, raising funds for charitable organizations and different causes so it's um yeah um yeah it, it, and it can be a very risky move because you know when you've got a player base or when you've got a fan base of millions and millions you you're gonna run into uh, you potentially are losing a, a huge percentage of people there who are from a more conservative leaning background so like uh, i think uh, like i'm very happy to see like i'm very obviously disappointed and disgusted the fact that this was overturned um but i i i am happy to see that the game like you know game companies that often cop a lot of shit for you know for stances they take or for things they do like actually getting a little bit of are uh, getting out there and doing the right thing and and, and supporting their employees and like actually putting the money where their mouth is and saying we're actually going to help you get to a place where it is legal yeah 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 it's like it's like that's the kind of action that's you mm -hmm. know especially commendable in this case yeah. um ubisoft posted a statement as well they said quote today and every day we believe that reproductive rights are human rights women's rights are human rights trans rights human rights and equal rights for all are essential to a world where everyone can be their authentic selves and thrive. Um, a lot of them are quotes, I think. A lot of them are statements, but you know they're all welcome. Hmm. Um, Devolver sure. posted their own, an image to their socials. I don't think they said much else. They said that states reproductive rights are human rights. Hmm. Hmm. Among us, in developer Inner Sloth said that the overturning is quote a gender, racial, economic, and human rights disaster. For both present and future generations, and which is right, which is right. <laughs> yeah, it it's, is. yeah, it's almost like these other statements are like kind of underselling quite a how impactful this is. Mm. But um, yeah, so Inner Sloth made a donation to the National Network of Abortion Funds, and they also provided a list of relevant charities that people can support donate to. 
Um, Bethesda kind of posted something very similar to Devolver, but kind of in their own words, that's said, quote, we believe the ability to make choices about one's body and lifestyle is a human right. And that's it. Um, a number of Sony studios kind of did the same thing. It was kind of like the same, it was a variation on the same sort of quote that mentions, um, yeah, stating reproductive freedom and bodily autonomy are human rights or some variation of. Yeah. yeah this humble, is kind of following. Said that as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And um, this is kind of following um, from several months, weeks back, um, where leadership said not to, you know, told its developers not to say anything with Jim Ryan's email that had cats in it and to not say anything, whatever. Um, oh, God, yeah. I don't remember what yeah. Ryan said. Yeah, yeah. He said, oh, it's a, it's a difference of opinion. That's right. So, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> um, yeah, so Naughty Dog President Druck, uh, Neil Druckmann and mm. Vice President Arne Meyer actually also posted receipts for donations they made to charities and so that Sony is continuing its policy of matching these donated funds. So, you know, more money where in their, their mouth is there. Mm. Um, yeah, as he said, Humble said in a statement that it is, quote, committed to ensure that committed to ensure that all of Humble's employees have access to safe, affordable, and essential healthcare, including reimbursement for travel that may be needed as a consequence of the overturning. Um, EA also committed to, quote, expanding our benefits for U.S. employees and their eligible dependents to ensure they have access to healthcare. Microsoft committed to extending travel benefits in much the same way. So, quote, to include travel expense support assistance for covered medical services. Um, yeah, yeah, and I think that's, that's all we have right now. Um, yeah, so yeah. I also kind of wanted to highlight, because we got all this from PC Gamer, yeah. um, from Andy Chalk, who kind of did all the heavy lifting of putting all this together. Excellent um, work. He, Yeah, he puts like, he kind of makes a quote that I think, a point that's very important. He says, of Quote, of course, tweets are easy. Concrete action is something else entirely. Bungie is putting its money in its mouth is, as are others like Innersloth and Naughty Dog. But other studios haven't commented publicly yet on whether they have made or will make material commitments to expand healthcare rights for its employees. Which I think is like, it's kind of easy to get swept up in the kind of, you know, like, what's the word? Like the call to action, you know? Yeah. Where action isn't necessarily stated alongside it you know yeah like from all these companies like that it happens a lot it's like nowadays, i don't know what they call i don't know what the actual term is but it's just like oh hey we changed our logo colors for this to celebrate pride month and it's like meanwhile yeah. your company has a a culture like you know oppressing people from minorities such as people from the lgbtiq plus community so it's like mm, I, i'm like i i I'm proud to say that I'm a Destiny player and a fan of Bungie because it it really shows that these things that they're show, they're putting their money where their mouth is. Um, I I don't I I feel like um when companies come out and and speak or like release statements about these topics, sometimes it's just like a thing that like okay, <clears throat> the PR team has has said that okay you need to say something because if you're not saying something it's automatically assumed that you're on the other side so we just need to say something just so that we have something to point to um we don't have to actually do anything because most people will forget by the time uh it it becomes uh you know is it, it matters and and the truth be told is that 
like the majority of probably players won't even know any of this is happening or don't care. Um, so it, yeah, uh, but yeah, no, I'm 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 really happy to hear that there are the companies are doing that. And the the thing is, all all that ro- all that overturning Roe versus Wade, you know, removing the constitutional right to abortion, is that all it's done is that it just made abortions unsafe and inaccessible for people who are, you know, who don't have, like, you know, people who are, like, statistically speaking, more disadvantaged, you know, whether they're people of colour, people from a poorer neighbourhood or from a particular part of the country that has less access to healthcare, you know, if you're in a rural area or something like that, you know, I think people just think, oh, well, you know, don't, don't have sex or, you know, just have the baby or whatever like it's like it's not that easy you know it's not always a a a case of rape or a case of assault it could be you know a a partner leaving you or someone you trust leaving you and you're you you cannot you cannot give the life that you wish you could to these to the the child and things like that like it's it's a complicated issue it's not and and the fact that it's disappointing that a the that like a panel of like 80 percent men made this decision on behalf mm. of all women in America. You know, I, I know that there were a couple of women on the panel um, and I think one of them actually voted for overturning it. Um, but it's like, you know, it's 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 just another example of like, you know, maybe, maybe there is something to this idea of representation in democracy. It matters. And that's, and that's, I think this is just like another piece of evidence supporting uh, the fact that we need that, and like obviously, I'm not. We're both. We both identify as men. We don't have wombs. We're not. We're not in a position to like you know understand from a woman's point of view. Like we can't tell women what to do. We we wouldn't do that. And it's um, it's yeah. I'm just I'm just really disheartened and 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 really, really fucking angry um that this was allowed to happen. But yeah. Anyway, sorry. No, it's all good. Yeah, yeah. I'm just glad like I'm not in America. Like, <laughs> uh, like, I'm sorry, but America's yeah. every day gets less and less appealing to want to go there. Yeah, it gets scarier and scarier, yeah. and it doesn't seem to get any better. Um, but yeah, I think that will kind of that'll cover that. sum up that particular mm. point. Yeah, let's let's move on to something a bit more positive, potentially, depending on how you feel about. Right. Nintendo. Um, <laughs> oh, no, sorry. Nintendo. Uh, sorry uh, about yeah, uh, about Overwatch. Um, one thing uh, I just wanted to talk about was that uh, we, we've had a, a kind of like a few developments from the point of um, you know what's happening from the world of Overwatch. So Overwatch, I think it launched what twenty fifteen. It was 2015, maybe 2016. It was actually hugely popular um, when it came out, and it was like, it was kind of like Blizzard's latest superstar. Is my cat in the. I think she just walked back into this. uh, My my cat's just walked back in. Okay. (laughs) Uh, It was definitely on your seat for a second. Yeah, she was there. Um, 
<laughs> well, essentially what's happened is uh, Overwatch has been kind of floundering for the past few years because it, it just hasn't been getting the type of like mainstream or that regular support that everyone's been looking for. Like I, I stopped playing it years ago. Like I used to really play it a lot and I found it fun, but it just became very stale. There wasn't a lot of new content. And I think well, like yeah. my understanding of it is that like they announced the second game and they kind of stopped updating the original yeah. one. Yeah. So and then it's yeah. way longer. <laughs> oh, 100%. The, the the Overwatch 2 I think was announced back in like 2019. Um if not longer than that. And so essentially what what happened was it was a bit confusing because Overwatch 2 was announced as a sequel to Overwatch that includes both player versus player and player versus environment so like you know it, it had both like a a co-op horde mode kind of idea that was tested in different events over overwatch's life but it also had the you know the sequel to the full multiplayer and then but blizzard also said but we're also going to be bringing a lot of the features from uh overwatch 2 into overwatch 1 so it's going to be like those two games will exist concurrently now what's happened since is that now that Blizzard's revealing a lot more information about Overwatch 2, what we're learning... Uh, first, Overwatch 2 will be a free-to-play game. So the original Overwatch was a full box release. I've got the box behind me. Um, so it was a retail release, and you, you couldn't play it for free. I mean, they had free weekends, but it was essentially a game that you had to pay to play. But on top of that, it also had a lot of loot boxes and a lot of, like, kind of, you know, pachinko-style... Got, sorry, gotcha style mechanics to get more money out of players, you know, battle passes and, and uh, you know, random drops and things like that. Um, I guess this, it was like kind of like a, you know, have your cake and eat it too type approach to, to game, to monetization. And uh, yeah, that's, uh, that copped its own flack, uh, you know, as part of the whole Star Wars Battlefront 2, FIFA Ultimate Team, that whole like investigations from Europe uh, around loot boxes. So the the fact that Overwatch 2 is going free to play is one thing, but the other thing is that it's going to be replacing Overwatch. So the original game will not be playable uh, as of the as of October 4 when Overwatch 2 launches. And that's uh, going to be a very interesting it's going to be a very interesting uh thing to see. I mean, it's not unheard of like I guess as a game as a sequel comes out the the game's old series sorry the the previous release always wanes in popularity and and generally does get its servers do get shut down over like after quite a few years but the fact that this is completely replacing it and making a game uh you know unplayable essentially a game that people have played for uh, paid for um that's going to be a very very uh I don't know that's that's already divided people so it'll be interesting to see if Overwatch 2 will have enough to not only replace Overwatch but also add to it cuz yeah like it's Overwatch hasn't really changed in a long time. <laughs> well it's what like think? my understanding like cuz I don't play Overwatch at all which is you know a common refrain from me but like um for many games but it's like like keeping up with like how people are seeing Overwatch Two is like because it's gone from six versus six to five versus five. Yeah. Tanks have a very different role. It's like a whole thing has been made different. And my understanding is that it's kind of been pushing towards less, mm. like less objective team play, 
which I guess team play isn't going away, but I mean, as in like, it seems like it's going for more instant action sort of like, you know, kind of attitude and culture towards like, I'm like, not culture, but like, that seems to be how that game is being designed specifically. Yeah. Like, you know, shifting away from where the first one is. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I feel like that the idea that people are like upset with the first one makes a lot of sense because they, they are really replacing the first game with another game, mm. depending on how you feel about it and see it, which is, I don't know, it's like, again, it's like, yeah, like you're right. It's like, it's not unheard of for a game to be replaced by the next iteration of it, depending on the kind of game it is. But it's, um, yeah, I am. I'm kind of wondering how this will work out for them. So I guess the free to play will at least give them a lot of rope initially. Yeah. To see, how, you know, a lot of people will be willing to try it compared to spending forty, sixty dollars or so. Hmm. You even try it, or you know, whatever. Yeah, like I'll definitely try it. I'll definitely um, like I I I like. Overwatch, the original one, and I like first-person games, so for me, like, a new excuse to play something would be fun, and you do, it, it does really lend itself well to team play, especially when you got mates, but, yeah, it'll be, I don't know, uh, it'll be interesting to see, because it's not like there's a shortage of online shooters to play, um, yeah. yeah, if anything, like, I think what'll happen is just, like, like what, what happened with me and a lot of other players, people just try it for a while, and then it'll just grow stale as they don't update it, really, but we'll see, cause um yeah I I am I, I registered for the for the beta a while ago. I didn't get into like the closed beta or whatever. So I'll tr- I'll see if I can get into this beta. <laughs> yeah, and like I guess it like there's definitely people thinking it might turn out like Halos did, where it came out, people liked it, and then they never really kept up with it and just kind of kept making mistakes. And it's like Blizzard feel like they're kind of a similar holding state right now. Or at least from me, from the outside looking in, it feels like they've just kind of, I don't know, people aren't really happy with the 5v5 thing, from what I saw. Well, people who like really play it a lot. Yeah. Though I'm sure people feel differently. It's just, I don't know. I can understand being like skeptical of how it turns out, like you said. Yeah. It's like, will it actually be able to keep it up or... <laughs> Especially after three years of not, yeah, because like to do it, <laughs> like it was fun, and I don't know. I feel like um, I've been so I've been so happy. Like I I loved Overwatch for the longest time, and I have I've got like several pop vinyl figurines behind me of the different characters, and like you know, it's it's um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how it goes. Uh, I mean, I hope that uh, I really hope that it it's well. Like I never want to wish a game to be bad, so. You know what? Uh, I guess if I get into the beta, I'd love to share my thoughts uh, in a future episode. Um, so yeah, let's uh, let's let's stay positive. Let's hope for the best, and I uh, hope that uh, it's it does do the original Overwatch justice and does go beyond. <sighs> John, do you want to talk about? Oh, yes, yeah, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I was I couldn't think of a segue. I was like, let's talk about Nintendo. Yeah, <laughs> that's good enough. Um, yeah, so Nintendo Direct Mini yesterday as of recording. Mm. Um, so a lot of little things, I think. So I'll just kind of list through the list I found. <laughs> just go through those. Um, so first, Persona 5 Royal, Persona 4 Golden, and Persona 3 Portable are coming to Switch alongside every other thing as announced <laughs> during... Um, you know, a few couple weeks ago or so at yeah. Xbox's conference. Yeah, it's gone to all all uh, consoles pretty much. 
yeah, so it'll have both English and Japanese voice acting, and all and all game three games will be sold separately, not as a collection. Mm. Um, and yeah, so kind of getting the series back up to where Golden was, I suppose, and you know, releasing everywhere. Um, after that was Mega Man. Oh no, after that. Anyway, this is in different order than the actual <laughs> announcement. Um, Mega Man Battle Network Legacy Collection was announced. Um, it's coming to Switch in 2023. Assumedly other places as well. I'm not sure if that's been confirmed. Um, be sold in two parts, which I think is very similar to the... The, um... the original Mega Man collections, yep. Right. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, which I, I only learned about those games like a few months ago, I think. Because like, it's got like... Is in the collections? <laughs> No, like the Battle Network games. Yep. Because like it's got like at least one of them has like a really dedicated competitive scene that has like had to like rom hack these games, like these GBA games, you know? Well, they into, weren't for it. Like a, <laughs> yeah, like into like a competitive, friendly sort of thing, you know? Because like there's no like real network available anymore for these games. Yeah. Like, to actually play that's it online true. and so and so forth that's, i don't know yeah, it's very interesting true. like that's all i know about it is yeah, that there's yeah. people who are really into it and it sounds really cool because <laughs> like um the, that's why they had the the mega man there was a mega man i don't know what it was called mega man exe or something there was like a an anime that tied in with it on chase tv back in the day yeah like, when I was a kid, so. that's like that was my like main exposure to mega man for yeah. the longest time still is really but i guess like, I like uh, unless part. you knew you wouldn't have known that it was actually related to uh, this like these these games because they didn't really mention it in the show. It wasn't like like at the end of the show there was an ad for it or anything like that. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Um, after that, Mario Mario plus Rabbids Sparks of Hope, like the sequel to the original, mm. um, gets a release date of October twenty later this year. Um, the Portal Companion Collection that was announced, not too. I think it was kind of recent. Anyway, that got shadow dropped all of a sudden onto Switch. <laughs> um, so that's out already. Um, Nier Automata, the end of Yoha edition. So basically, Nier Automata is coming to Switch. We include all of the DLC that's already been released, as well as a few Switch exclusive costumes, which I think is shown in the trailer. Um, so that releases October 6th. So after that was Harvestella um, from Square Enix. So it's kind of combining lifestyle farming sim sort of stuff like stardew valley and harvest moon and all that it's kind of combining it with seemingly kind of stereotypical square enix rpg stuff yeah i think is the idea a lot of glowing yeah. structures in the background and crystals and gems yeah it's like <laughs> uh, the quote i saw from IGN, where I lifted all this list from, um, says, quote, play as a villager and collect materials, grow a farm, and prevent the quietus, the season of death, from destroying your idyllic life. Which I think as a sentence does a pretty good job of merging both those things. <laughs> um, oh, my God. So Harvestella comes out on November 4 for at least the Switch. I'm not sure if it's mm. coming anywhere else. Um, Return to Monkey Island was shown off. I think it's the first gameplay we've seen of that game since it was announced to couple months back or so yeah that was yeah. already a big deal in itself for people who love that series yeah because it's, so it's, it's out... um oh sorry i was just gonna say it's coming out later this year for switch and other consoles i think yeah yeah, yeah. It, essentially it's um uh so ron gilbert the the, the creator of the monkey the monkey the Mon monkey island series basically this is his 
it's the sequel that he would have made. So I think he like he's previously previously said that like I think Monkey Island one and two I think were he, the ones that he was directly involved in, and this would be following on from those games and not so much the later games that were done without his uh, leadership. So th- uh, that's why yeah. this one is a little bit more uh, I guess important for for series fans. Uh, it really does have a I really like the new art style. Um, it reminds me a lot yeah, of Guacamelee right. from a few years ago. I don't know if you remember that game, but yeah, it's cool. Mm. Um, Konami announced Super Bomberman R2, which is a sequel to their originally Switch-exclusive Bomberman R. Um, so it's kind of it seems like a pretty standard follow-up, I think, mm. with a few more modes. So new castle mode, let's quote, let's Teams up to 15 players blast their way to a treasure chest while one player acts as defense and tries to stop them and create and share stages and it's coming to Switch next year and probably everything else eventually. Um, a demo was announced for Live Alive. Live Alive? I don't, it was Live Alive, wasn't it? I think it was Live Alive. Live Alive, yeah. I th- yeah. I think. Because <laughs> I remember us talking about it, I forgot. Um, yeah, so a demo has been announced guessing that's out as well i can actually check um then a couple of <laughs> i should stop saying and then, like admitting these things i don't, I don't know what that means <laughs> yeah so it announced is the words i saw and it's like i don't know what the <laughs> um then a couple of indie games that i was there was like uh, several indie games that were shown off um two in particular stood out to me so that was one blank it's kind of a black and white text-free story oh, that's quote emotional adventure so it seems, I think it's like probably kind of a similar to a cinematic platformer like um, Inside or Limbo, just a bit more whimsical and illustrated rather than 3D. My cat's crap. <laughs> I keep seeing my cat. I was meowing at my door. Um, and then um, the second one was Lorelei and the Laser Eyes. So it's like a surreal puzzle adventure game with like PS1 era low poly look like visuals which I'm very into. Um, that's set for 2023, and Blank is set for February next year as well. And yeah, that's kind of everything in the MIDI in the direct this time. Mm-hmm. Like nothing like nothing like too groundbreaking, but some cool stuff in there. Yeah. And even with like um, Sonic Frontiers, I don't think we've got any like, it seems like more of the same area. Uh, it might even oh, that- be the same trailer, right? Yeah, I felt like you could really tell it was on the Switch, though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like, it looked very blurry. It looked very like a th- early 360 PS3 game. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. it's like, yeah, the it continues switches, to be overwhelming. Yeah. The Switch is yeah, overdue for an upgrade. I mean, maybe. I think this game just doesn't look very good either. But <laughs> yeah, like, on um, any platform. <laughs> yeah, kind of. I don't know. Maybe I just don't like Sonic game visuals all that much really yeah but fair it, enough yeah <laughs> yeah anyway. that disney that disney game looks a bit weird as well like that's a uh, oh yeah <laughs> yeah like uh was well, a second life but disney yeah and it's made by game loft okay so it definitely oh, gives okay. off mobile mobile game vibes <laughs> mm. uh anyway uh let's uh yeah is there anything else you really want that stood out to you i can't really think of anything I on don't... the list no, because I ran through it this morning while skipping through it. <laughs> so I was like, maybe I missed something. Says, I don't think so. 
No, like I'm kind of excited for the Persona games coming to Switch. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm excited for those games to be coming to different platforms because, like, I remember my friend, he wanted um, he kind of assumed Persona Five was on the Switch like a couple years ago, and it wasn't. Yeah, and it's just like that was like part of the reason he bought one. <laughs> it's like now I get to play it, so that'll be cool. Okay, that's kind of on him. I'm sorry. I know, but it's like it's kind of I don't know. It feels like these games feel like so because like I. My exposure to Persona was like four through the Vita version. Yeah, which is a really like good it, version, right? Is it? Yeah, and golden? then like, was it, or was it Max? Yeah, like golden. Yeah, golden. Yeah, and then Persona Three Portable on PSP was also playable on the Vita. That yeah. was how I played that. Mm. And then Persona Five Royal is like just consoles, you know. Mm. It's like oh, I like I wanted on you know handhelds. Well, that's the thing. Like those re-releases are like kind of the definitive editions, right? And it's good that those are coming. Yeah, here. more or less. Yeah. Ooh. But it's, um, yeah, I think that sums it up there. Yeah. Well, uh, that's going to do it for the news for this past week. How about we uh, we take it over to the uh, the chit-chat? You know, the, every, everyone always looks forward to this every week, I feel like. So let's uh, let's uh, take it <laughs> so over to do. the chit-chat. <laughs> I mean, I know we do. Sorry, I meant we do. Tell me, tell me, John, what have you been playing, my friend? You've been playing a few games. Oh, yeah. Yes. I've been like, uh, my um, sister got me a late birthday gift with this kind oh, of yeah. like Game Boy type, like emulation machine. Okay. Which is like very good for GBA mainly. So I get to play, like I never had a Game Boy Advance. So it's oh, like, okay. and I never really bothered playing emulated stuff. What's it called? Until now. Oh, I don't actually know what it's called. I have to go get it. (laughs) No, because it's like, I don't know. I got it as a present, so I didn't buy it. So it just didn't stick in my mind. But um, it's, yeah, I'll I'll bring it up next time because it's over there and I don't want to go there. But it's, (laughs) um, but it's like, okay. But it's also, uh, yeah, so I played like WarioWare Inc., like the very first one, which I'd never played any of those games and I was very excited to play one. Which is uh, that was I don't know I was just gonna run through a lot of them because I got also when I because I had to get new SD cards for it because the ones that for come the, with these yep. I, like the ones they come with are very like faulty apparently oh so I had to get new ones so you know it's and authentic also, <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah authentic yeah um yeah so but when I got the SD cards I also got like an R four card which lets me download um DS ROMs yep as well. So I've been playing DS games as well. On that? <laughs> I've or, been basically on, just, your, on your old DS? On my DS. Yeah. Because yeah. I knew I didn't want to play it on a one-screen thing awkwardly. <laughs> so it's just like, oh, I'll just put in the work to get this. Um, it's got like, it has PS1 support as well. The actual like Game Boy one. And then I've also been playing PS1 games on my PC because it runs it better. So I've <laughs> been playing lots of stuff. So I'll just run through them quick. So I, play, I played, I haven't finished all of them necessarily, but it's very much like a taste test sort of thing. So WarioWare, I started Alan Wake, but I haven't come back to it. I started, I played Pycross 3D, but the way it, like, cause it's like, it's like Pycross, except it's like, you're like moving basically like marble, like a block of marble around, except you're chipping away at it until the shape comes into, into mm-hmm. the frame. Like that's the idea. 
except it really misses messes with my inner ear because <laughs> I have like motion sickness, so yeah. I can't play that anymore. <laughs> I played um, Speed sure. Punks, which is a Mario Kart clone-ish thing from PS1 that I played as a kid and I haven't played for a long time. Never heard of this game until you talk. I know, talk no one has. <laughs> There's another game no one else, like I'll mention as well, that no one has ever heard of. Um, but I'll get into that one. I played through Toem, this indie game from last oh, yeah. year. Yep. Kind of, yep. Yeah, the black and white photo. Mm-hmm. That game's really nice. It's not very long though. It's like yeah. two and a half hours. Okay. What'd you play that on Switch or is it on PC or something on your Mac? I, I played it on Switch, hoping Sweet. that I had motion controls for the camera stuff, and right. it didn't. Oh no, bummer. But um, I played through. I played, started playing the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle game. Dude, the- that looks so amazing. I'm gonna get that. Yeah, it's very cool. Because uh, I only played it with my sister for a little while, and then I haven't come back to it yet. Yeah. Um, but it, it is very good. Like it's it's it like has. I know because it kind of reminded me of like I really liked River City Girls from a few years back. Yeah, this one feels like a much slicker, more accessible version of that mm-hmm. compared to Streets of Rage, which is like really punishing. I found. Yeah, like yep. the most recent one. <laughs> uh, four. Yeah, was that the one that was? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, after after I played Speedpunk, so I bought Crash Team Racing because I was hoping it would be because <laughs> I mean, like people are like really into it. So which I was one? Like, oh, like, the new one. I like, yeah, the newest one. Uh, I was natural revealed, it. yep. Yeah, I was actually not as into it as I hoped because it's not speed punks, I guess. <laughs> and then, You're not getting that feel. Yeah, I like, I don't know. There's something, I don't know, just not too, super into it. Um, I played Advance Wars, like started that up, Ooh. like the original one, which you'll see a remake at some time in the future. Yeah, they announced like, that, kind right? of like. Yeah, it well, got delayed. That's, yeah. Yeah, which I like having played it, I kind of see why they delayed it now a little bit in how it like, because it's like about taking over. I don't know. The way it's the gameplay invasion, works. Right? Like, yeah, like the way the gameplay pans out, I can kind of see why it's sort of reminiscent of how poor timing, how it could remind people of Ukraine's invasion. Yeah. yeah. Or the invasion of Ukraine. Yeah. Um, I tried playing Drill Dozer, which is like this old platformer from Game Freak, who make wow, Pokemon games. Wow, that's a that's a name I haven't heard in a long time. Drill Dozer. Yeah, it's like nineties. Um, right? Was it early two? Oh, okay. Is a Game Boy? Yeah. Oh, well, like nice. Yeah, it's like one. <laughs> I looked it up. It's one of two games on the Game Boy Advance that has Rumble support. I don't know why they added. <laughs> like, how's no oh, one else? With the, was the other one the Pokemon game? No, no, I'm thinking of the tilt uh, controls, oh, the pinball. The other game. one was a, um, a WarioWare game, like another one. Uh, that makes sense. Like only those two games on the Game Boy Advance ever supported it. Um, after that, I played. Uh, like, it, it actually found it really hard to find a rum for it. There was a game called Klonoa Beach Volleyball, <laughs> which is a volleyball spinoff of the Klonoa platform series. Oh my God, I'm learning so much. I had it as a kid, like I, because it never came out in the US either. It only came out in. PAL territories and Japan. Mm, uh, yeah. I'm shocked I even had it. <laughs> um, yeah, that one. Act- that one actually was a really hard one to find a ROM for because, like, no, like the main the sites I was like scouring for all these GBA ROMs and PlayStation ROMs like didn't have it at all. Um, after that, there's only a few left. <laughs> so after that, I started Axiom Verge, Ooh. which is 
very cool so far. I think I tried it like for a second years ago, but coming back to it, it's like, I don't know why I didn't play this the whole way through because it's very engrossing, I think. Yeah. Aesthetically. Um, people, I tried... like, people really like that. Yeah. I, I think people are, yeah, there's a lot of big fans of it. Yeah. Because um, it, it's like a I've... Metroidvania type game. Yeah. It definitely evokes that. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely like a Metroid homage that kind of leans harder into the um, unsettling atmosphere, I suppose. Mm. Yeah. Um, after that, I played Ridge Racer Type 4, which I've heard good things Ooh. about forever. That I wanted to PS1, play. Right? Yeah. It's, yeah, that one's, that's good. I need to play more of it. Um, and then I started Spyro 2 again because I go, I replay that pretty much every year. So it's but like not oh, in the collection, time. not in the trilogy. You, not in the reignited trilogy. Are you, did you play it on the original PS One version? I'm playing the PS One version. Yeah. yeah. Did you Did you like the reignited trilogy? We brought it up before. I don't yeah. want to play it because it okay. looks visually weird to me. Okay. I really like yeah. the original one. Yeah. So yeah, so it's my annual it's replay. It's going to mess with your that. nostalgia, and, and I'm guessing it still holds up if you're still playing it. Yeah, I really like it. It's very easy, to, <laughs> which is kind of nice. Like, nothing's very frustrating. It's just kind of like a, you know, the PS1 version of a warm blanket, you know? <laughs> like, you're just kind of doing that, and, like, nothing is really... Like, it wasn't challenging originally, yeah. <laughs> except for when it scared me too much when I was, like, seven. Yeah, when And I couldn't kid. get past the first, like, the bosses and stuff. But, uh, yeah, otherwise. And, yeah, that's the... Uh, treasure trove of games i've been at least playing once (laughs) (laughs) no that's that's awesome dude that that's that's so cool (laughs) oh yeah that's right sorry i wanted to talk about speed punks which is like it's like no one knows that game exists and i don't know why like i because i played as a kid for some reason i don't know and it's like it's very it's actually hard to get because like i was surprised at how much of a sense of speed it has for a car racer because you actually move. Because it reminded me a lot of. Um, have you played Mario Kart Eight very much? Yeah. What about it? Yeah, because like there's um 200 CC mode hmm. that's in it, like the like the fastest one. It reminds me of playing that. Because oh, like okay. in Mario Kart Eight, when you're playing on that that speed setting and difficulty setting, you have to break, which is very unusual is very, for yeah, a Mario yeah, Kart yeah. game. And like that's kind of what this game's like, where it's like I don't think you have to break so much, but you have to kind of act. You can't like like um act suddenly you know and expect to get the result you want like you You need to kind of treat it ahead of time you have to kind of treat it like a a racing game yeah exactly and it's like (laughs) yeah it's like there's a lot of precision you know it's like because it's like you know um you know it's like mk mario kart coins are kind of like you know speed boost things so you like stock up on nitro or whatever as you race through but they're really hard to hit (laughs) because you're going Mm. so fast and you have to like really position yourself for like pretty much everything to do to get where you want. Yeah, I think basically what you said, it's like it's like a racing game except it's a kart racer, yeah. which is a very interesting mix, I think. For or like it's, I don't know, I, I found it. I wish there was more to it because yeah. I've burned through it in a few hours, yeah. and there's nothing else for it me to play. Cool. In like, it. I've got the, I've got some gameplay up on um on the screen, oh, okay. and it looks cool. Like it looks like it had like varied maps and things like that, and it and it definitely has like it definitely reminds you of modern like Mario Kart from like the DS onwards because it it very much has those because like the original Mario Kart was very 
low poly. Like this definitely has a much higher level. Yeah, it's like sprite breast. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Like the, the, it wasn't actually three D. This one definitely looks a lot more like modern Mario Kart. Um, mm. How does it compare to Crash Team Racing in your mind? Um, I haven't played the original Crash Team okay. Racing. I actually might just because I'm curious to see how people. Because people, I don't know, people had strong yeah. memories of it before oh, yeah. the remaster came out, and I was kind of curious how it contrasts. I remember how that I played being you. a lot of fun. Yeah, well, it's like I, I know, like I, I don't mind the what I've played of um, Nitro Racing or Nitro Field. Yeah, mm. it's, it's not like I don't know. I might have a more positive opinion of it if I wasn't so high on loving speedpunks currently. <laughs> <laughs> like maybe if I play it again in like a month or two, I'll like it more. But it's like I think I don't like its boost. Like I don't, I don't like its like drift boost system too much. It in, feels in which game? Oh, in crash racing. Yep. Sorry. Okay. Cool. And um, I don't really like its power ups too much either. There's like I don't know. There's a few things I don't love, but it might be just because I'm too attached to how they are in Mario Kart. Mm. I'm not sure. This this game looks nice. There's like bloom effects and like really cool lighting effects and stuff. It's cool. Yeah, because I played it on um Duck Station as well, which is like. As I understand it, like the best current PlayStation One emulator, mm. um, for PC. And like, yeah, and I was like, you know, it's like it's really nice to be able to play these games and like add, you know, up the resolution. Yeah. And it's like, oh, this like this holds up, you know, like visually, like or at least I think they do because I <laughs> like I like all, like low poly stuff, but yeah. it's like I'm surprised at how it's nice got a it charm. looked when I. Yeah, yeah. The character designs remind me of Psychonauts. I don't know why. It's just like some of the the proportions and stuff. And like, <laughs> yeah, and, and no limbs. They're yeah. all just like Raven limbs. <laughs> uh, fair enough. No, thanks so much, man. It seems like you got a lot of uh, a lot of different games in over the past couple of weeks, which is awesome to hear. Because I feel like we are notorious for not playing much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, famously. <laughs> Uh, but it's like um yeah but you've been playing something you've yeah been i've been playing, playing um yeah uh like obviously after i kind of came off a high with um I should put it, with a uh, top gun maverick i really really like that and i think it's an amazing movie and everyone should watch it but watch uh after that obviously i was like okay i need to play like some sort of flying like you know dog fighting game and then I learned, uh, I saw that, um, oh my god, there's a partnership with Namco, Bandai Namco, sorry, um, for like Top Gun Maverick themed content in Ace Combat 7, so I was like, great, I already knew that that game's got like kind of like a cult following, it's like very well regarded, so I thought I'd give it a go, and yeah, you basically get um, like kind of the jets that are featured in the original Top Gun and Top Gun Maverick, so it's 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 really cool, like even the the new kind of like the fake experimental jet they made, even that looks um is in this game. But what I'm doing is that I'm playing the missions with the jets that I'm meant to have from like as if I was playing it without the DLC. I feel a bit weird kind of like playing through like, you know, I'm like one of the areas I'm in right now, I'm like meant to be playing in a plane junkyard and you're basically you're flying a cobbled together like jet from like ages ago. Right. It wouldn't make sense to do that mission, which is like balanced for like a shitty old jet, but then um, be, you know, be flying around in like a 2023 future model plane. So it was, that's why I think with that one, I was trying to keep it as honest as I can to the original planes. Um, yeah, because yeah. I, I played it a bit and it's like, 
I don't even think it let you use DLC on those missions. It does like now. Don't start it. It does oh now. wow! Sorry. It just lets me select it. So weird. Yeah. Um, yeah. Have you got up to that mission where it's like the um, the sandstorm, like the dust storm? I'm not it's, sure where that it, one is. Um, is that the one where you got to fly with stealth, stealth, and you got to try and avoid the radar? No, I think it's not long after that though. Okay. I think about it. I'm, yeah, because I remember that. Have you finished that game? Did you play like finish it? No, but I wouldn't have gotten much further than where you're at now. So the mission I'm doing right now that I've been failing again and again is the mission where it's like you're in the junk aircraft and basically you just got to survive like for like 15 minutes or something. Just like destroy all these like oh. ground targets and then you're waiting for like reinforcements or like stuff to like arrive. And I'm like, I don't actually know how to finish that mission, which is really frustrating. That's I think the yeah. worst thing. I think I turned it on easy last time I tried, okay. like started off again, because it's like uh, I don't. I remember it being kind of frustrating last time I played. Yeah, so. and you can hear it's still hard. Dialogue. Yeah, <laughs> who knows? Um, maybe with all the new aircraft, it's like piss easy, but for me, it's like yeah, frustrating. Mm. Mm. But it's cool. Yeah, it's like there's. Oh, sorry. Keep going. I just it's a cool it's a cool game. Um, I don't know if I keep bashing my head against this mission, I may not continue because there's other things i want to play that teenage mutant ninja turtle so it's like if it's between this and that i'm going to probably go with that <laughs> yeah <laughs> um but yeah i've also yeah, been watching it's... anime all right I've yeah been, what you i've been watching wangan midnight which is so if i'll um, put it this way it's, it's it's like if initial d is about drifting and racing in the mountains Wangan uh, Wangan Midnight is about high speed racing on the like highways of Tokyo. It's sort of inspired by the Midnight Club, which was like a racing like a like an illegal street racing scene in Japan in the late eighties, early nineties. Basically because because Japan was going through like this economic bubble in the late eighties, like there was just a lot of money in the country. And uh, all the all the major like car manufacturers, you know, Nissan, Toyota, um, Mitsubishi, and everyone like they were like innovating and and making even like more and more powerful vehicles uh, and and making them very relatively affordable. So you had a lot of young people in Tokyo and, and around Japan who were buying these like really powerful cars and then like modifying them to make them even more powerful and then racing them illegally at night. And obviously there were a lot of crashes and deaths and things like that. And there was like a very s special club called the Midnight Club, which is like kind of like no one knows who the actual members were. But the rumor is that some of the members of that kind of coveted racing club uh, are actually r working as like senior executives at like some of those car companies now. So it's like kind of cool. It's got to call that kind of story. And so this, this is like kind of like a fictional depiction of that club. And it's got, like all these fictional characters. It's got real cars in it, like, you know, Toyota Supras, uh, Nissan Skyline GTRs, and like the, the, the hero car is called the Devil Z. It's it's essentially a Fair Lady Z. So the two forty Z, the original kind of Nissan Z car, but it's like it's been built, it's like they call it the Devil Z because <laughs> sorry long day at work um because it's got so much power and it like kind of kills its owners like owners just like 
have accidents in the car and it just like no matter what every time it's trashed it just comes back even faster and stronger than ever so it's kind of it's a the story is dumb there's a lot of dumb things there's like a, a time skip in the middle of one of the episodes that just doesn't make sense and there's like literally a character who's introduced and then disappears within four episodes so it's like it's 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 not it's nowhere near as good as initial d um yeah. but it, it, it's still like a, a cheeky kind of like silly car show to watch and it's only like one season so i'm like halfway through it so it's like yeah why not like and then and i'm sure i'll get back to like attack on titan or initial d or whatever else (laughs) is that recent that series it's like 2007 2008 okay so it's like it's like recent enough so that like there's like 3d you know it's one of those things where it's like anime background like animated background with like 3d model it's like like a weird mix it's not all 100 percent hand-drawn as as far as i can tell so yeah Mm. it's very much like initial d in that way right yeah yeah because i've never actually seen initial d because it's like it's one of those series where it's like i've been aware of it for so Mm. long but it's like i think the most recent i tried okay the most recent time I tried to get into it, it's like I keep trying to find like the manga and stuff yeah. and finding whatever. And I was like, I don't know, I wasn't sure what to do. Because like mm. initially, it's like it's, there's a lot of it, right? <laughs> like yeah. anime. Yeah. 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 I'll, um, so it's like, yeah. It's on Crunchyroll. Yeah. So you can watch it for free. <laughs> like with every other anime yeah, now. Much, yeah. But, um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll try it. I don't think it is free anymore, is it? It's ad supported. I've got premium, but you can get it for free. Like there's like ads. Okay. Yeah. So I thought they took that away. No, but um, as far as like, oh okay, maybe. But as mm. until like a couple of months ago, excuse me, they had it. So right. Hopefully okay. it's still there. <laughs> mm. Okay. But yeah, do we uh, uh do we want to talk about the elephant in the room? Obi Wan. Yep. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Unless um, you wanted to talk about something else quickly before we got into it. No, that's all good. Um, yeah, so I we both watched the end, the rest of Obi Wan Kenobi, yep. the six episode miniseries. Oh no, season one because it was confirmed for season two. Okay, it is. Yeah, um, it was originally a miniseries though. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, six episode season one. Yesterday, like last night. So we're both kind of fresh on at least the end of it. So, um, yeah, what do you think about it? I liked it. I liked it much more than I liked um, Boba Fett. Fett. I completely forgot what it was. Like <laughs> I was, I was so relieved to to see that it wasn't just set on Tatooine. Like I'm just so sick of that. Like obviously, it's set. It starts off there and it kind of like ends there, but it um. Like all the major set pieces were done on different planets, and it was it was really cool. I mean, if it the, the one unfortunate thing is it just cemented in my mind that how useless the Jedi are and how dumb they are, and how much I really don't like Obi Wan. <laughs> and that's yeah, that's actually something because like I was thinking about it a lot during the last episode because mm. I feel like the reason you and McGregor's performance in the prequels like people remember them fondly is because he was like a source of levity in movies that didn't necessarily have a lot of it. Yeah. He was kind Especially of like the, the sensible one. Yeah. But he's like, he has like, I don't know. He's, he's like so affable as Obi-Wan in the, in that, in those yeah. movies where 
it's like it's really easy to remember him fondly i'm sure like i'm sure it's legitimate i just haven't seen him in ages but it's like i feel like the nature of this story means he's playing you know a weathered weary version of obi-wan who is like has like none of those qualities it's like he's still good like he's still doing like ewan's a good actor and he's doing a fine job but i feel like as a character he's just like he doesn't have anything of what people would have been drawn to exactly like nostalgically you know like Um, i think i think him as a character probably like i think the little girl the, the the actress who plays um young princess leia was like had a lot more of that sass or that kind of humor versus like because that's what obi-wan used to have i feel like well in episode one two three like he, he kind of was like he was kind of rebellious in a way like nowhere near as much as anakin but he would have a laugh he would have a joke and, and, and things like that that like that's all kind of missing here um yeah yeah it's Oh, I like. I also kept thinking about because I was barely aware of it. Like, I only, I think, I only heard of it like, I don't know, after episode three or something, mm. where how there was like big dumb white nerds were all angry about. Oh, the, Moses Ingram. Yeah, I was Jesus thinking like, Christ. I was thinking about it. It's like she's so good in it. Yes. Like she is like, she's excellent in this show. Like, like by far the strongest performance. Mm. At least I thought so. Like I thought she was great. And I was thinking, it's like, man, this is what people are upset about. <laughs> it feels like ten years too late for this kind of bullshit from these like stupid nerds. Yeah, like she. Actually... Like, I don't know. I don't... Yeah. Oh, sorry. I was just like, I was just really surprised by it. I was like watching it. It's like, whoa, she's great. And it's like, I did. I only had like a very peripheral understanding of like this is the thing people are weirdly upset about. And it's like, man, this is the thing that's happening. Like, like yeah. Come on. It doesn't matter. It's just like that's yeah. something that just stuck to me a lot. Yeah, it just it, I think it just kind of s- crystallizes the fact that like fandoms suck. <laughs> yeah, broadly, <laughs> I, I, I don't think there's like I I can't think of like a positive fandom. I feel like there are always stories like this happening no matter what, and it's like it's it's a it's a fictional. F- oh my god. Anyway, yeah, no. it's just I was just surprised at how like outdated it felt. Mm. It's like man, it's like stuff from ten years ago. Or- Maybe more recent. I know yeah. it's like I know this stuff would go away. I'm just saying it's like I don't know. It's just such a just stood out to me. Yeah. Like because yeah. Um Oh yeah, because yeah. you mentioned Leia as well. And yep. I was surprised at how yeah. much I kinda liked her as yeah. like the character. Cause I was thinking when she first showed up, it's like, oh, okay, it's one of these shows where they kind of try to force a child yeah. point of view. But it makes but it's sense. like that's yeah. quite good. Yeah. I mean it, it's yeah, it was it was pretty. I, I don't know. I feel like she did a really good job of, like, being super believable. As this is what a young Leia would have been like. Like, I definitely got that yeah. vibe because she definitely has the sass and the the intelligence and the wit of someone like Carrie Fisher's portrayal. So I think this was um like really. I think that was a, I think that was probably the thing they nailed. And like, it, I I just couldn't get over the fact that how old like. It's a very weird timeline because the, I think technically between episode three and episode four, it's like nineteen years, right? But we're expected to believe that like Obi Wan has aged so badly. <laughs> Maybe it's all that time in the sun. Different? Oh, you mean like between now and like because like between now <laughs> and and New Hope is nine years. Yeah, like you know what I mean. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he got his hair hair bleached. <laughs> yeah but um 
Oh, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, because I really liked how, like, I like not about the performance, like, I actually really liked how the show kind of had a point with having kind of being about Leia's um, entry into the mm. rebellion. Yeah. I feel like that, like this whole show, like the story was like a good way to illustrate that in a way that doesn't feel like, you know, the usual kind of nostalgia stuff that these yeah. shows often get. You know, it's like, it's just, they're just making stuff to remind you of good feelings yeah. without really contributing much. And I feel like, oh, I feel like they got past that with this one. Mm. Whereas like, obviously they wanted to do that as well. But I thought, I know, I thought the overall story was like, effective in what it added to that you know middle period between yeah. three and new hope and it's like um oh the only th other thing the only thing that stood out to me i was like thinking about was like how at the end with luke getting chased into the desert i was thinking it's like man it's like he had to have trauma from this and you don't get that at all from no later that was pretty <laughs> fucked up dude it's such a big part of your and i was thinking like because like at the end where he's like kind of like laying on the ground and like like unconscious yeah um when like he's been chased and i was thinking it's like did he hit his head to get amnesia because i actually feels like something that would <laughs> the show would do pretty fucked up like yeah, yeah you're right like okay what, what did you think about the portrayal of darth vader in this i i think it was really good like it, it showed a lot of the power that he has that you don't see in the movies besides like in rogue one yeah because it reminded me a little bit of um the Jedi, like the latest game that's yep. getting a sequel soon. Mm. I forgot the name of it. Oh, Fallen Order. Yeah, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot. I always forget how much of a mouthful that title is. But like, <laughs> um, what was it? Yeah, because there's like a moment towards the end of that game where Vader appears. And it's okay. like, it's very reminiscent of this sometimes mm. where he's using, you know, fantasy magic on the ground <laughs> you know i'm just saying it's like it's very like large scale force ability yeah and it's like it's kind of i thought they did an okay job of it. i was kind of surprised at how mobile vader can look like it's it's very like it's not much of a criticism yeah but i was thinking it's like i always remember vader as being very scary because he like can barely move yeah. and he doesn't move much and he's still extremely strong like you know he's just very dominating as like he's almost like a statue and I feel like I was like, oh, I kind of wish he moved even less. Sometimes he was, was like a Terminator in a way, like this over, this like looming figure. Yeah, it's um. Oh yeah, I, I really liked um. I thought the final fight with Obi Wan and Vader was excessive. I got bored of it pretty quick. <laughs> <laughs> they just literally oh. just like just shoved rocks on each other. That was. Yeah, that part was funny because yeah. it's like, like, what are these rocks made out of that neither of them are being hurt by it at all? Yeah, but like, um, he's creating like a force field around himself. Obi Wan, yeah, like shielding so. himself yeah. or something. I don't know. Yeah, but it applied to both of them. Like, he, you know, Obi Wan gets magic rock powers and throws yeah, a lot of like, rock. Darth Vader's it's like, like, it's like, uh like Darth Vader's like getting hit repeatedly. It's like, okay, um. Yes, you're a Jedi. Yes, you've got armor, but you're still a human. Like, you'd still get a broken... Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you'd be fucked up by all those gigantic rocks hitting you one after another. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I was saying. It's like, it's like Jedi aren't superhuman, right? Like, I didn't forget something. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, like, they're not... Like, they, they can have, like, super speed and, and things like that, but they're not, like, invincible. Yeah. 
Um, because they get pretty, I really they like get cut down oh. pretty easily in like episode three. Yeah, I feel like that's something that like order you know order sixty six is kind of banked on is the idea that they're like very fragile humans at the yeah. end of the day. Yeah, and it's like, but um, what was I gonna say? Oh, I really did like the end of that fight though, where he's last oh, dude gets that was so off, cool. Christian's actually talking. Yeah, and then you get and like a like, bit of James Earl Jones and like the respirators failing. It's like it's so cool. Yeah, like it's. You can I thought see. that moment was like very. They clearly like this is one of those things where the show was probably built around that moment more yeah. or less. Yep. And you can kind of feel it because it's like it was kind of going out of its way to spell Obi Wan's realization that Anakin's dead, but well, Vader is alive. Is you know? truly dead. <laughs> yeah, like very spelling it out very yeah. <laughs> very clearly. But it's like it's a very powerful moment. Like I really yeah. like that scene. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. I, I think just throughout the whole show I was just like, Obi Wan, you suck. I just like I'm not the man anymore. That's not who I am. You have go away. You have to find someone else. It's like you suck. You like Obi Wan just sucks. <laughs> I think in everything except the Rebels or something. I've heard that in Rebels and like Clone Wars or whatever. Like he's he's got a very like cool portrayal, but I feel like in everything else he just I don't know. I feel like in episode, like he's just. Yeah, like, it's so much is built around him, but I feel like as overall, like, if you haven't seen the first three movies, like, you're like, who is this guy? Yeah, well, it's like, I think he's, oh, yeah, uh, but it's, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think I, I never really thought about it much, but I think it helps that it's six episodes. Because yeah. it's like, you know, other shows can have similar issues where it's like, man, this guy's such a dork, I, I want him to go away. Yeah. But it's like, it, it's kind of easy when it's like six 40-minute episodes. But it's kind of... <laughs> yeah. There's other characters to like as well. Yeah, it's it's so weird. It's like um, like uh, so Darth Vader doesn't know he's got these kids yet. I think. I think that's I think yeah. where we are right now. He doesn't know. I don't think he knows until episode five. Like I don't know when he actually finds out. I don't know if we actually shown that ever. Just trying to remember. Oh yeah, I just realized Darth Vader knows at least in five. So. <laughs> Yeah, I actually don't remember. I forgot about that actually. Mm. Yeah, I guess that could be what season two covers. I'm kind of really hoping season. I'm hoping season two is just about like a different story that doesn't really involve Vader or Leia or anything because I feel like they've told it. Yeah, and now like, I want to have everyone doing some other bullshit like somewhere else. He's going to be like a Mando where he's like a Jedi for hire and he's doing things for people. Well, I guess like I was, oh, that was, sorry. That was another thought I had. Yeah. But basically like him getting more into the rebellion, I guess. Yeah. But I was thinking like, I think in episode five that it really reminded me of um, Rogue One for a second, I think, because of its focus on, yeah, like it, like it's a big focus the on the SPL rebellion. Like, yeah. And I was thinking, it's like, oh, I wonder if this show is like, I wonder if they're planning on it kind of feeding into and or like the other spinoff about the Rogue One person. Yeah. That's happening. I was thinking, it's like, oh, I could see that because they like doing that anyway. But yeah. I never really considered it until watching the show. It's like, oh, I wonder if... I don't know. I was just curious, like, how this show is going to feed into the rest of it beyond just this story, yeah. if there's going to be a season. <laughs> so yeah. It's, That's, yeah. Oh, thank you for following uh, Australian underscore government. Um, if, if that is your real <laughs> name. <laughs> thank, thank you. Uh, sure please is. do share and chat your... Your 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 thoughts about Obi Wan if you have seen the show so far, um, 
Yeah, I don't know. Like, what did you think about... I think it was just a lot, a lot of... Like, I, I, I found that chase. You know the chase where, like, Flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers and his gang are chasing... Um, uh, <laughs> chasing Little Leia around... Um, around the, the forest. And it was, like, oh, such a yeah. bad chase. Like, it was so easy to... Like, and, and yeah, the I think it's one of those guards. It's like, oh god. Yeah, I think it's one of those things that really reminds you. It's like, oh, that's right. This is made for kids sometimes too. Yeah, and not, you know, almost thirty men. <laughs> well, but, like, and it also, I guess, it's still a better chase than the one in Boba Fett. You know, the really slow speed bike chase. <laughs> yeah, it didn't last ten minutes. <laughs> that's nice. Yeah, but um. um what, what did you think about the lightsaber designs? Because I think it was pretty cool. And and also kind of uh, dumb, that rotating lightsaber. Because uh, the rotating ones, I think, are like they've been a thing for a while. Yeah. Though I think it's the first time they've been live action. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I, I don't think I thought about it much, actually. Because I kind of first... I think I remember them. Because I think they show up in that game, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I probably don't like it. I don't know. <laughs> I think it's one of those things where it's like I've just kind of accepted it. Yeah. But and, and like, what what's silly is that, you know, this... The third sister, like her whole um motivation is like getting revenge for killing, you know, for what, what Anakin did to the young to the Padawans in her like to all the Padawans, I guess, but it's like she spent like what, ten years or something rising through the ranks, becoming like a super killer and this and that, serving Vader. And then at the end she's just like, Yeah, I'm just gonna stab him in the back. Yeah, I guess. Uh, I don't know. I guess like, the idea is that she wouldn't get access to him again, but it did. <laughs> I don't know. That fight was a bit dispiriting, I think. But it's um, I'm, I am excited to see where her character goes. Like out of anything in the show, I think it's just like I really like her. So like, and like the fact that she's still alive is like exciting. Yeah. Where it's just like, oh, she's such a she's such a strong character to be in a Star Wars thing. Yeah, it'd be cool to still be around. <laughs> yeah, because like I mean, she, she's not mentioned. Like the tricky thing is like you introducing all these cool characters and everything, but they're never mentioned again because they're not in the other movies. So it's yeah, no. it's hard balancing act. So I wonder what's going to happen. Do you think like the second season could be like him and her rescuing Jedi or something? Cause, but I feel like Jedi's are all gone by the time. Um, yeah. Yeah. I also feel that's kind of the idea of the game as well. I keep mentioning it. The Star Wars um, Jedi. Like Fallen Order. And it's like, I think that's kind of Survivor? the premise of that one. Yeah. Is it, I actually don't remember. I think it's called that, Survivor. I don't, the new yeah. one. But I I don't mind but I don't mind that idea though. Mm. The idea of that, you know, going off finding new Padawans. Yeah. Like it's not bad either. I don't know. I I just hope they have a good idea. Because <laughs> it's like the idea that this is concepted as a mini series and then they kind of okay, we're making a season two anyway. I'm just <laughs> I don't know. I'm a little skeptical it's gonna be good, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And it's like Okay, so then, if they make a season two or whatever, then they're gonna somehow wrap it up in such a way that, like, Luke Skywalker never talks to Obi Wan since this time, and and only knows him as Ben, and as the crazy yeah. guy, like the old guy in the caves. Right. Yeah, I was thinking that as well. It's like he talks to them once, and I was like, oh, that's the crazy guy. That's like that's that cements in my memory. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And was Uncle Owen? Like I'm just trying to remember how we like in the in the in the original trilogy. Sorry, in the prequel trilogy, he's like, 
he's like dating Anakin's mom or something, or is that Anakin's mom's brother or something? Like, I'm trying to figure out. No, no I think she's a different character. I, okay. I didn't think she was, he was that related. I thought he was just. I thought it was just a wife and husband who would like a child. <laughs> oh, like, I thought that. Okay, but I, I thought. Know. Yeah, I, for some reason, I I thought that um. No, because. I don't know what happened. Like maybe, or maybe it's like um, remember how like in episode two he goes back to Tatooine or whatever, or was it episode three, and like his mum's gone, and like he goes back to see the house, and I think that was the maybe they're just living in that house, the Skywalker house, but uh, oh, cause that, yeah, because that was on a different planet, wasn't it, or no, was it? Tatooine? Pretty sure. I mean, like, okay. uh, uh, I I, th- I thought Owen was dating his mum at the time, but I could be wrong. Could be completely wrong. I feel like that. I mean, maybe I guess. I feel yeah. like that had a really weird dimension. <laughs> yeah. Story. Oh, that is something I wanted to say though. Because you mentioned how it's like not set on Tatooine. Yeah. Like not much at all. And I was thinking, like, I feel like this show did a better, a pretty good job with settings. Yep. I thought a different color, like not just and stuff. Yeah, like not just having different ones, but just having like a good variety that kind yeah. of kind of defined each episode because uh, it reminded me how like i only i don't remember much from mandalorian like cause i watched them again recently mm. and i don't remember many settings like i remember the first like i remember the ice planet being very striking like yep. the very very first one and i remember the is it know, the spider the one or is it is the spider one in the second season spider one Oh, that that one. Yeah, that's the second season that's yeah, right okay. i forgot about that one actually the first but ice planet um, is like the intro to the first episode yeah, it's like salt flats yeah, sort yeah, of looking. Yeah. yeah. And like and I don't know, maybe Mandalorian had more than I realized. <laughs> I was just thinking I don't I didn't remember like many like, you know, striking imagery of the settings in Mandalorian and this one it's like I'm not sure this one had much either, mm. I guess. I don't know. I just yeah. remember like it just felt more impactful as an like viewing experience. I think for Star because Star Wars has been a weird rut where almost every setting is just a mild recoloring of a real earth place, you know, yeah. or something like that. Yeah, like they yeah. don't really do much like vibrant settings. Yeah. So I don't know. I guess, I, re- I guess they really didn't this time. Either. <laughs> I don't know what I'm describing. Well, like, but yeah, it- I mean, they had like Mustafar where for some reason, Vader sets up his home base on the, like right next to where he was like horribly maimed. Cause I'm pretty sure that's the same planet where that last fight in episode three happens oh, okay because yeah. i remember that happening at the comics like them like that's where that base was from was like yeah, that was in uh, sure. yeah i didn't I, I don't think i ever connected it to mustafa yeah yeah um and then like and then the weird base in the middle of the sea <laughs> yeah 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 so like the there's a kind of like the the sunny grass or not like you know what do you call it like the sunburnt sort of planet, and then there's mm. the ocean planet, and then there's what else was there? I guess it's Tatooine. There's Alderaan, which is like very lush. Alderaan, right? Yeah. yeah. I know. Yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm not wrong. Mm. <laughs> maybe it really was a variety of visuals. Yeah. But it's just oh, it was maybe cool. it really just was after Boba Fett being yeah. so annoying about it. <laughs> not sure. Like yeah, because like Boba Fett being a, I think a victim of the the pandemic, so I think that's why. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Um, nah. Uh, like I, overall, I liked it. Uh, like it. 
I mean, it's 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 kind of it was kind of predictable, but it was kind of cool. It was, I think, it was good to see like Obi Wan kind of, kind of flesh like have a little bit fleshed out about him and and him actually, kind of dealing with the trauma of what happened, you know, nine, ten, not nine or ten years ago. Um, that was it was kind of cool. Um, but yeah, I like oh I I remember seeing articles saying oh this. This Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order like character will show up in the show. Uh, I haven't played enough of the game, so I don't know who actually shows up in there. So, um, oh, yeah. I actually don't think that's happened. I remember you talk. I remember those seeing those headlines. I don't yeah. think that actually okay happened cool. as far as I know. I mean, unless they meant Darth Vader, <laughs> or like, oh yeah, because the little robot didn't that show up in Mandalorian or something Maybe? else? I don't know. I don't think it was in this show. <laughs> That yeah, poor mouse robot. I saw like the poor mouse robot that's cleaning the base, and on that ocean planet, like getting chopped in half. I'm like, why? Why did you have to hurt this little robot, <laughs> the little droid? <laughs> um, Obviously, enough animal, animal abuse at home. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, what was this? Uh, I really liked Hayden Christensen's de- depiction. Like, I think he had, like, he did a, an excellent job as Darth Vader. Like, you could see the hatred in his eyes. Like when yeah. you see it, I was like, Jesus Christ, this is like a really gripping kind of portrayal. Mm. I was like, I was kind of like, I remember before I actually watched it because I remember, you know, like Hayden Christensen coming back to the role. Yeah. It was like part of the, you know, announcement. And I was kind of disappointed how little he seemed to be in it. Like, I'm not sure if he was like actually the person in yeah. the beta suit. Like, I'm guessing not. I was kind of, I don't know. Probably I was kind of think- most of it. Yeah. But I was like, I was thinking. I was kind of hoping he would be doing the Vader voice, yeah, in some way, just like a different variation. On I understand why they didn't, because I bet that would have sounded weird and wrong. Yeah. But it's I know that that's kind of what I was hoping for, just because I was hoping for a different yeah performance. But it's um that last part is kind of makes up for a lot. Yeah, though. exactly. And you can kind of like see both sides, and it was really cool hearing both voices there. And like it was kind of weird seeing that flashback of that fight they had, and he's like. He's clearly much older than he's <laughs> clearly yeah. much older than before, but um, but like Obi Wan is just like Obi Wan sucks. He's like a shit mentor. He's like, you, the, that's the whole point, though. Uh, like that is the story. It. Like it's just like, oh, you know, stop trying so hard to impress me because that doesn't impress me. <laughs> it's like, it's like you suck. <laughs> never any positive. Like he never has any positive things to say. Directly to like Anakin, <laughs> he says. I it t- okay, I don't remember at all. Like he says, he's a good pilot. I think that's about it. Oh, okay, <laughs> he calls him like a good warrior and stuff in that flashback, doesn't he? I guess. Yeah. Like I, I don't know. That, I think that's something that the, apparently that Clone Wars show is very good at is giving all those little bits you don't yeah. get. There isn't that which, prequels, which I don't, because I haven't seen that or Rebels, so. Clearly, I'm missing out on a lot of that kind of backstory, that nuance. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> That's not... mm. uh, but, uh... Anyway. No, I think overall I liked it. Um, it. It was a lot of fun. And I'm glad it was like six episodes. I think ten episodes would have been a bit long. I don't think there was enough there to sustain it. Yeah, I think that's kind of why I liked it as well. It's like it kind of knew what it was and didn't try to, you know, reach beyond what it was, the story it was trying to tell. And yeah. it did a good job at telling the story I was trying to tell as a yeah. result, you know? Yeah, and it was cool that it didn't, like, kind of mention the Rebellion just yet. Like, it, like, because it's, it's still so very early on that the Rebellion hasn't really formed. 
Um, yeah. This, yeah. Yeah. It's, um, yeah. Overall, pretty happy with Over One, more or less. I think I didn't have very high expectations for it. Yeah. But it's, um, yeah, I was happy with what we got. Yeah. So, me yeah. too. Well, uh, I think that's going to do it for, for, um, you know, Obi One and, and the chit chat section of the of for this week. Um unless you wanted to briefly touch on like kind of the you shared a very gnarly list of injured wrestlers. But I was like oh, Jesus Christ. Um I Yeah, don't know sure. if you wanted to talk about that a little bit. Yeah, go into it a little bit. But like basically on on Monday, which is Sunday in America, um the Forbidden Door pay per view um was what you call it streamed whatever the word is i don't remember the actual word for aired i guess um yeah so it's a co like yeah like it was a pay-per-view um produced by two promotions both AEW and new japan mm. um, it's kind of been in the works for a while it's been like something it's forbidden door is kind of a play on something that like the ace of new japan hiroshi tanahashi he kind of coined a while back and it kind of took on its own life in wrestling fandom as forbidden door meaning you know cooperation between promotions because that's something that hasn't been done for a long time because wwe have kind of controlled a lot of the market and a lot of the way they've operated has kind of cascaded into how everyone else does it Mm. so everything else has been you know more or less separate with not much cooperation and that's kind of been changing a lot over the last few years Anyway, Forbidden Door happened. It was very good, I think, overall. You know, uh, I think most people are pretty happy with it. But part of what kind of defined it in a very strange way was that pretty like so many people were injured on the AEW side and a few on the New Japan side. Yeah. Because, like, even like, it was like two days before it happened, someone else had to pull out, like, um, Hiromu Takahashi, I think. I don't remember his name exactly. But, um, like, he had to pull out because he had a fever. And he pulled out his match as well. It's like there was a lot going on. Wow. So it's like, yeah, so to run through it, oh, I don't think I'll run through all. There's a lot of names. But it's like, yeah, like CM Punk got injured and had has like currently kind of the technically the champion, but John Moxley, the former Dean Ambrose from WB, he is now the interim champion because they didn't want Story. Punk to <laughs> Yeah. Like so they can have a match later yeah. and it's fine but it's like you know brian danielson was out don't really seem to know what happened but he had a match with saber jr from new japan that was another one that's been you know like very much built up by the fandom for a long time for various reasons but it's um that one had to stop as well so they had i don't know i won't go through too many but it's like Mm. oh yeah kenny omega's been out for a year because he's been working injured for literally years which i think i've gone on before so yeah. he's still out. I don't know. He's, he must be in pain every single day, man. Yeah, as I understand it, most like wrestlers are <laughs> a lot of it. Like I remember hearing. I mean, not maybe not most, but a lot of them can be if you've been wrestling long enough. Yeah, that's. I can imagine. Tough man. It sounds like a very tough geek. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> doesn't sound fun. Nope. Um, and I don't know. Basically, they put on a really good show, even though like half of their main event talent were gone and then also other people pulled out and it's just and it's like you know it's like it's not just AEW or new japan it's just like there's like so many people out of 
WWE because like Cody Rhodes made news in like a few weeks ago where he worked a match at Hell in the Cell with a torn pec, um, where his right pec was bruised and like you could literally see the internal bleeding happening over the match because yeah. he was he was allowed to wrestle partly because he wanted to, I don't know, but it's like apparently part of the reason the way that works is that like once it's like off the bone which is a horrible thing to imagine but once the muscle is off the bone you you can't really make it any worse which sounds hard to believe dumb yeah like it apparently the most the problem that cody would face in a match like that is pain which he would have had a lot of otherwise he's not really at risk of much more damage i think but maybe he did make it worse i don't know anyway they have like WWE has like far fewer main people and they're almost all out. <laughs> so yeah. it's, or maybe not all, but a few big ones are. Mm. Anyway, yeah, that, that kind of, I don't think I had too much to say other than, yeah. Ben Nora is really crazy for how many injuries happened. Jesus Christ, man. It's like cursed already. Oh, wow. Well, these people are, these people are crazy. <laughs> like, there's, there's nothing like yes. to do all this like even even if like storylines are fixed and matches are fixed and things like that you still have to have a lot of athleticism and, and physical like a, like a, you know prowess to be able to like pull this off like it's yeah yeah it's it's definitely a very tough industry and like and that's why like wrestlers life expectancies aren't as long as normal people and like, I mean, back in the day, people used to kind of self-medicate with drugs and alcohol and stuff with all the injuries, but now it's, like, you know, yeah, it's, you know what, I, I have some respect for the, I have respect for the people in this industry. It's a, it's not an easy, it's not an easy task, and it's, um yeah, you know, if if you're lucky, you get to have maybe two decades of a career, but if you're not lucky, you you might get a couple of years, and that's it, and you may not be able to work ever again, and not just in wrestling, but in anything. Yeah, it's yeah, it's really bleak. It's like because mm. like following it along, you just get a really strong sense of how bleak it is and how yeah, and how you're right. Like they are crazy generally to be able to to, to be doing like to try and do it as career is kind of different than doing it at all. Even yeah. though that's already pretty high bar. Yeah, like doing a career means sacrificing your body for like you know you're kind of gambling on the chance you'll make a lot of money eventually. And even then, you're not won't necessarily. You're just doing it's something like you really like. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but it's hmm. yeah. Anyway, that's going to do it for the chit chat section for real this time for this week. Uh, so uh, let's uh, let's take it to the end of the show. Send in your questions and your responses to anything that we've discussed this week uh, to podcast at doublejump.co. You can also uh, chime in on our Discord server. Just go to doublejump.co and click on the Discord link there to come say hi and talk about wrestling, Ace Combat, Nintendo, whatever you feel like. Just come on and join the community. Come and say hi. The more the merrier. Um, and uh, Double Jump Radio is made possible thanks to the support of our wonderful members. You too can support Double Jump by heading to doublejump.co slash memberships and signing up today. So thank you to everyone who's been supporting us so far. 
couldn't do this without you and uh we hope you're enjoying all of the content that we're putting out so far but uh yeah john thank you so much dude it's um it's always a it's always a pleasure working with you man (laughs) yeah always fun um yeah (laughs) i'll try to keep it short and start (laughs) (laughs) thank you so much man um but yeah everyone head over to doublejump.co uh check out all of our awesome content we've got everyone look out for one another peace bye love you all take care folks have a great week guys.